The farming community is feeling the pressure. Maybe differently than some other sectors dealing more immediately with this COVID outbreak, this global pandemic now, they're calling it. Welcome back to The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Real rough to hear about farms that are struggling and could potentially go out of business because of the economic pressures that this is putting on dairy markets. I'm worrying about other markets as well. The more seasonal stuff, we just really have no idea until we get there. If we're still in the middle of all this, once berry harvest comes around, for instance, here in Whatcom County or apple harvest later, which is such a huge thing for this state. Uh, but as we mentioned uh, earlier, you know, dairy is a 24 seven, 365 kind of thing. Uh, that's why we are already can watch what the impacts are on that market right away we can also see what's happening day to day on the farms and farms are preparing for further contingencies as even you know more lockdowns could uh, be brought into place i know yesterday uh, uh some guidance issued from the washington state dairy federation on what farms should be preparing for joining me right now with the dairy federation their executive director dan wood welcome to the program uh dan and, and you guys are talking about employment employers making letters for their workers this is for in the eventuality of a possible f statewide shelter in place lockdown kind of thing right as of this moment uh we don't have that uh what folks are calling the stage five order or shelter in place order but the uh federal government uh homeland security has put out a guidance for essential critical infrastructure workers that's their bureaucratic uh, title for this, and they include agriculture in that. They also include restaurants uh, in that because that's kind of part of the farm-to-table uh, nutritional uh, chain that, that is essential to keep in place. So we've put out a, a fill-in-the-blank letter for our farm employers to use that says, you know, Dan Wood is an employee of Jane Doe Farms and is an essential critical infrastructure worker and, you know, it doesn't say much more than that. It says the mm. uh, same thing on one page in both English and Spanish. So if somebody gets pulled over in the scenario where they have a stage five uh, lockdown, uh, then, uh, or, you know, any government official at any level questions anything, the worker can present that letter, um, which verifies that they are going to or from that essential uh, job uh, and those jobs aren't just in agriculture they might be keeping your your water supply going or your your wastewater treatment plant your restaurant your you know your electrical service there's all sorts of things but agriculture from growing the food all the way up to serving it even for home delivery is right now identified as uh, essential uh, critical infrastructure if I'm not mistaken that's even being reaffirmed in the last day or two um from federal authorities that indeed, you know, the farming sector is viewed as essential. Yes. And yeah, and I'm looking at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security document dated March 19th, uh, that uh, memorandum on identification of essential critical infrastructure workers during COVID-19 response. That's the title of their, their memo. It's quite long, uh, but it goes through all sorts of critical infrastructure. So if we're told the shelter in place uh, and you're part of that critical infrastructure, it, it's, you're not required to have a letter like that. We just think it's helpful to have it on, on your person. 
just envisioning that world where people, if they're out traveling, have to prove that they have some essential reason to be doing that. Otherwise, potentially, again, this is uncharted territory, totally unprecedented to have, and well, even what we're having right now, but that next step of that possible um, uh, shelter-in-place order, which again, you know, the governor uh, last evening uh, declining to, to take that step, but saying it really could happen anytime depending on their calculations. So again, talking with Dan Wood here with the Dairy Federation, that this would be just something to give workers the confidence to be able to still head to work, uh, to be able to prove that no, they are essential workers. If something like that were were to happen, unbelievable uh, that we're in this situation. Are you hearing anything else around the dairy community about how people are responding to this? I've been hearing from a lot of folks that it, for the most part, it's business as usual on the farm. They're just making milk. They're still making milk, uh, taking care of the animals, planting the crops. Um, the, you know, prices, milk prices are pushing down. We finally were having a, 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 a pretty decent year after several uh, low price years. And now the prices for the milk are pushing back down. I, I've been talking to a lot of farmers. They're telling me their workforce is showing up. Uh, having this letter is uh, part of just giving them the assurances that, you know, not only are you welcomed by the employer to show up at the farm and work, but you are recognized by the government as, as, as a critical part of what we want to keep going. And so reassuring the workforce that they're doing the right thing by showing up when so much of the messaging is going out there saying don't gather, you know, um, and stay home. Um, that's for the general population. The the critical workers from so many different segments uh, need to get the clear message that they need to be at work. Uh, there there are you know safety protocols. Obviously you know you know the social distancing at work can be done mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but you know those precautions will be taken at work. But we need to assure workers that that's where they need to be. Dan Wood, Executive Director with the Washington State Dairy Federation. Thanks for checking in, giving us this update, and we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Particularly small farms around Whatcom County are having some big questions right now with what's going on uh, with the uh, global pandemic hitting home here and and restaurants being closed and farmers markets being closed. Uh, Sarah Sutherland with with Sustainable Connections, she's their food and farming program uh, director, joins us right now with an update. What are you guys doing as far as small farms and trying to figure out how they're going to be able to sell their products? That's a great question. I mean, it's heartbreaking to see what's going on. And as small farmers are struggling, you know, some farms are setting up online marketplaces and trying to sell their products there. We're also working with some partners to see if we can set up collective online marketplaces. I know um, Growing Washington is going to be doing an emergency food delivery service with boxes of food that, that you can purchase in the next couple weeks. So there's a lot of efforts happening and just really seeing the community together come together to try to see how we can support farmers and and get farm fresh product to our community during this time. Have you been in touch with those farmers? Are are they worried about what's going on right now? Definitely, definitely. You know, it's, um, there was a couple webinars and phone calls this week with a bunch of farmers from our area and yeah, just trying to figure out, you know, can we get farmers markets back open? And, and like in California, they're considered, um, a more of a grocer than a special event and and can we make them safe to have people come and pick up their food just like at a grocery store um and also just figuring out how to move their products in other ways you know via online channels and 
delivery. So certainly a lot of just troubleshooting and, and coming together and seeing what we can work on together. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, and I've seen some tweets about it as well. Hey, grocery stores are open. Well, a farmer's market is open air. You don't necessarily, you can social distance potentially better there than than in a brick and mortar um, grocery store. Why, why can't we still have farmer's markets? Of course, there are lots of reasons for and against, and people are hashing that out, but that's, that's pretty interesting. Again, right now talking with Sarah Sutherland, Food and Farming Program uh, Director with uh, Sustainable Connections based in Bellingham. Um, this is interesting uh, with farmers markets and small farms, local food that's often viewed as a boutique kind of high end, you know, for those that can afford it kind of item. But this event has flipped that on its head in some ways where some people are wondering, you know, maybe this is the only food I trust, or maybe at some point along the line, this is the only food we can get here. And it becomes more of a necessity even than, than imported food from elsewhere. Sure. I mean, one thing I like to point people towards, especially in this time, is looking at farms that are selling CSA boxes or uh, kind of the local food boxes, community-supported agriculture. And uh, on average, you know, we've done some research, CSA boxes are about 25% uh, less than you would find those organic products at other stores or farmers markets. So that's a great way to work with a farm, get a bro- box of fresh produce every week, And we're doing a Meet Your Farmer online video series that starts April 1st. So folks can follow along on the Eat Local First social media channels and eatlocalfirst.org. And we're giving away a chance to win $100 off a CSA share. So that's just a great way to, to be connected. You know, I think we're learning in this time how important community resilience is and realizing just how important local farms are as a community here and and um, CSA boxes and having those relationships, I think are a really great way to, to start. Yeah, and even if we look at this statewide, um, just as a state, because we may be, we don't know, in the days ahead, we may be locked down even more than we are right now. Um, you know, what food, we know we produce a lot of food here, and we talk about that a lot here on this program. Um, and my podcast that I'm hosting now, Real Food, Real People, uh, just a shameless plug there, but it's again just kind of an out there kind of nice idea until all of a sudden this happens and it's like no this you know people are thinking through maybe this could be the only place we could get the food from so what can we all grow here well hey thankfully we can grow just about anything here i think you and i talked about this recently on the program but how's that going to work how's the distribution going to work what what do we know about that and more important than ever again like you're mentioning to know not even just where your food comes from but who your food comes from i know that's something i've been saying with our our new real food real people podcast as well especially the last um, few days what's what's the best pe- other than you know following you guys at sustainable connections uh, online sustainableconnections.org and and the the food atlas etc what are the best things just the general public can be doing as far as food security do you think in, in the coming days weeks months who knows Oh gosh, that's a big question. There's, uh, we're part of a food security task force that the Whatcom Community Foundation is heading up. And so there's lots of partners on the ground working in all corners of food security. I mean, one place that you can find information is eatlocalfirst.org. This weekend, we're working on populating businesses, local farms and food businesses and their availability with curbside service, home delivery, takeout and pickup. So that's one place that you can go. 
Um, but yeah, I think just connecting with those around you, um, checking out the farms in the area that do offer CSA. There's a new CSA list that we put up on our website this past week with all of those farmers um, and just you know working together and seeing how we can rebuild systems that really serve our local community and keep you know keep the dollars here, um, keep the resilience here and really, like you said, starting with those relationships. I would imagine that uh, you folks there at the community or at uh, Sustainable Connections are uh, all doing the work from home thing for the most part. How's that going? What, what's your life like over the past few days? <laughs> yeah, we are all working remotely. So um, it's been a lot of video meetings. I feel like there's like five meetings a day via <laughs> video call and it's it works pretty well when there's 30 people on the call it's a little more interesting yeah. um, a lot of webinars there's been you know this week Oregon Tills put on a webinar about you know um, local food marketplaces online and how farmers can get plugged into that and Washington Young Farmers Coalition did a webinar this week just talking about COVID-19 and how farmers are adapting and um, and farmers markets around the state and so there's a, a big kind of feeling of coming together and figuring out how we can come up with collective solutions. So I, I feel like that's been a lot of the energy this week. And my hope is that ne- by next week, you know, we're kind of on a week by week work plan basis right now uh, that we'll be, have some solutions to share with the community um, to be able to drive some of these projects forward. Sarah Sutherland, director of the Food and Farming Program with Sustainable Connections. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for checking in with this update with us this morning here on The Farming Show. Thanks, you too, Dylan. Turning now to other farming events going on around the community, the, the Whatcom Conservation District, you know, working closely with a lot of farmers. Uh, they had some events coming up. Joining me right now with the Conservation District, Annika Sweeney. Um, for one, one of your biggest events of the year has been postponed. Talk about what's going on, or not postponed, I guess, changed, modified, uh, different plan entirely with the Small Farm Expo. What's going on? Adaptation is what we're calling it, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we are kind of rolling with the punches here and doing what's best for the health and safety of our staff and the community, obviously. But our fifth annual Small Farm Expo was scheduled for uh, April 4th. Um, on a Saturday out at the um, fairgrounds. And this year, in response to this uh, the COVID-19 health emergency, we are adapting it and we're turning it into a two-week-long online learning experience. Now, what that means uh, is still being hashed out, um, but what we have is all of the exhibitors are able to submit to us short videos, um, little snippets about their business and what they planned on sharing during the expo, and those are all going to be available um, online on our website. And so the majority of the content for this online learning experience will be accessible through our website at whatcomecd.org. Back, and then you'll see Small Farm Expo, and then also on our Facebook event. So not only are all the exhibitors going to have an opportunity to share with the world what they planned on sharing at the expo, um, but our speakers, so we had a pretty good speaker schedule lined up with about six to, six or seven different talks, and we are going to have those scattered throughout those two weeks in an online forum format. So the speakers will be able to give the presentation, 
live and have participants asking questions, either chatting in questions, and then the speaker is able to, to comment back and forth afterwards and continue that, um, that informal networking piece that it's so important about the Small Farm Expo. So often it was just other farmers getting together to share their tips and tricks and being able to just be amongst their peers talking about farming. And we want to maintain that as much as we possibly can during this current situation. So we'll have both that, um, you know, the online sort of marketplace of all the different exhibitors sharing what they provide in Whatcom County for small farmers. Then we're going to have our speakers with an interactive webinar series that'll be uh, Facebook live as well. And then, um, for our sponsors, we're offering, um, and thank you to our sponsors, CHS Coastal Realty, Whatcom Family Farmers, um, and Whatcom County Public Works. They're all going to be putting together little little video segments as well to, to, to fill in these two weeks with informative uh, information. And hopefully we can be on KGMI again with some more information too. Awesome. And what a great <laughs> idea too, a way to, you know... Um, Take those lemons and try to make some lemonade as best we, you know, and that's what everybody's doing right now is how do we do what we do remotely? Again, talking with Annika Sweeney right now uh, with the Whatcom Conservation District. Thanks for checking in with us this morning. I hear some birds singing in the background, so you must be out enjoying the sunshine this morning. Already I am. I that. am as best I can. <laughs> Getting some fresh air. How, how has the quarantining been going? All that. How, how are things generally at the, with the whole staff there and operations at the Conservation District? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, um, we are adapting our schedule and our staff, many of them have school-aged children. Many of us have school-aged children. So um, many folks are working from home and managing homeschooling their kids um, while still trying to ensure that our programs are happening. Um, And then our office is closed up in Linden to the public, um, but we're still offering our farm planning services, our riparian health services. So we will... um, interact with the public on site visits or projects that are already happening because so many of the folks that we work with have, you know, kind of long-standing projects, be it um, big, you know, cost share projects or a, a riparian planting that that we help put on. And so those projects aren't on hold. We're continuing to work on those pieces um, and just having to really just adapt our schedule um, with each individual staff is um, kind of making the changes that they need to make sure the work is happening. You guys had na- a native plant sale coming up too. What's, <laughs> what's happening with that? Oh, um, another big bummer for Whatcom County is um, our 27th annual native plant sale uh, for the first time ever is going to be canceled uh, or it is canceled. Um, Both the in-person and pre-sale orders um, are not happening at this point. Um, We thought that we might be able to allow our our pre-order sales to still go on. Um, We had, you know, over 200 community members put in their their pre-orders but 
just the fact that all of us have to then go into a space and pack plants and then ask the public to come in to receive their plants is really against what the CDC and and county health is recommending. So we pulled the plug for everybody's safety and we're just going to have to recoup those costs somewhere else. Um, We're really sad about it. We love that event and know the value that it has in the community. People are, people are upset, but they also understand. Annika Sweeney with the Whatcom Conservation District. Stay safe, stay uh, stay healthy, and, and thanks for checking in, giving us the update this morning. Thank you, Dylan.